Wellbeing Creative Podcast is fueled by my good friends at Great Lakes Coffee Roasting Co. Celebrating their 25th year anniversary, Great Lakes Coffee believes that coffee is no longer a commodity. It defines a community. It tells their story, local, global, and everywhere in between. Sourcing direct from farmers, roasting here in Detroit, and always handcrafted, this is coffee as it's meant to be. So, whether you're sipping from your favorite mug at home or savoring the last drop at one of their three shops or countless coffee bars, know that you're part of the story. Because at the Great Lakes Coffee Roasting Company, it's not just about what you're drinking, it's about the journey to your cup and where we'll go from there. Wellbeing creative listeners can get their caffeine fixed by using code WELLBEING for 10% off your first order at greatlakescoffee.com. Again, that's promo code WELLBEING for 10% off your first order at greatlakescoffee.com. Finding positivity through something that is difficult or sad. And that was very important and so special. And I still face daily challenges and I'm not going to stop facing daily challenges but I will be more equipped to face those daily challenges because I've been able to get myself through it. You're listening to Wellbeing Creative, a podcast that breaks down stigmas and creates a conversation surrounding well-being in the creative fields. My name is Harrison Diskin and I'll be sitting down with creators of all types to discuss how they manage the inevitable stress, anxiety, and health choices that come along with creating in today's wild world. Hey, it's Harrison. My guest today is a very special person. Grant Kwasinski, better known as Grizz, is a touring electronic funk producer and musician who uses his influence to create positive change in the world. With his saxophone in tow, Grant started packing clubs on his college campus and has grown to touring the world, headlining shows and festivals. Grant has really made an impact with his career already, and he will tell you it's just the beginning. Following his motto of show love, spread love, Grant has started projects including raising over $100,000 annually to fund music education programs for youth in Detroit, launching an adult summer camp retreat to deepen his community-driven fan base, and even has a network of thousands of participants who help spread his positive messages in all corners of the world. That just touches on a small fraction of what makes Grant so special. Grant is one of my best friends, and I'm so glad to finally be able to sit down with him for a special episode of Wellbeing Creative. Without further ado, Grant, you ready to get into it? Yeah, man. Wow. I was like, I was smiling through that entire intro. Good. I was smiling writing it. <laughs> and then I was, I was thinking about if I should try and make you laugh throughout it. And I was like, nah, he's, nah, this is a special thing. He's going to go for it and kill it. Yeah, we just would have started over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you so- guys heard the one take Harrison Diskin right there, man. That was first take off the cuff. It was good. Yeah. He's just, he is poised and composed and ready to do it. I love it. <laughs> That's right. Uh, so let's start this conversation somewhere kind of non-linear because that's how I like to do things. Cool. Um, what's behind your mantra, show love, spread love, and why is it so important to you? Um, it, was, it was a tattoo idea. Really, that was like what started. I was in San Diego, and I was like, I want to get a tattoo, and I want to get a, a reminder of something for me that um, is positive, you know, that is a nice thing. I was like, guess a tattoo is going to be on me forever. Like, I'm not going to start my tattoo game off with some like random ish, you know, I want it to be a, a, a good sentiment. And it was the same thing with like the, how mad liberation came. It was like the early beginnings of like setting intentions for kind of what the rest of everything might be. And it felt like a lot of pressure at the time, but it was just like, boom, um, a good thing I'm going to start with is just a mantra. That's like, don't be a dick. Mm-hmm. Show love, spread love, just be nice to people. And I feel like that's, it's a simple thing, but um, it's not always so easy because 
people have a, have a really special way of testing your patience and, uh, and kind of, uh, you know, you hold on to this thing. It's called like a belief, right? Mm-hmm. And you, that's how you, that's how I form my world around me is like, I believe certain things. I believe it to be a nice day. I believe in these certain moral compasses. I believe in being nice to people, you know? And when, when you, when you test someone's beliefs, in their their reality, the things the, the 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 construct of things that they made up for themselves, then you feel like personally attacked, and that that there is there is like the rift. So it's like it's like just be nice to people, even if you're feeling like you're being personally attacked on the things that you might believe in, the way that you've constructed your reality, and just have patience with people. And man, things are me. So there's like a universality behind it. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, it, and I feel like we 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 sell ourselves short on the kind of beautiful connections we can have with people because something might happen, a preconceived notion happens. I can look at somebody and be like, you know what? I don't think that they believe the things that I think. Mm-hmm. They believe the things that I believe because I'm going to prejudge that whole narrative. And then all of a sudden I lose out on the possibility of, of so, so much good mm-hmm. because I'm just like, all right, cool. I'm just going to not vibe with you instantly because I don't like the way you look or like the thing that, that I might think that that you believe in and, 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 and it threatens the way that I see reality. So all of a sudden I'm like, nah, peace, bro. You know, like, and then you don't even, you lose out on, on creating, co-creating a more beautiful world. Right. Do you think that stops a lot of, uh, a lot of people from being more open with their feelings and opinions because they're worried that, that they will get judged? Definitely. Um, and, and, you, and you said it like, like I, I, I don't want to be hated on, you know, I, mm-hmm. I, I crave safety with my emotions and, and it's hard to put yourself out there and, and, and to engage in conversation and to engage in the outside world because it's scary. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about that on like a Uber ride to the airport. I have lots of time to think, you know, mm-hmm. I travel a lot. So I'm thinking all the time or I'm watching a Netflix show. I've seen a bajillion times. I try and watch new content these days, but you know, reruns of Parks and Rec are always so comforting when you're yeah. in foreign places. Of course. But I was thinking the outside world, right? It's just filled with people. And if you take all the people away, it'd be a barren wasteland. Besides like animals and like truly scary things that are actually physically threatening, it's not really a scary place. But people make it scary because people can be scary because they can be violent. Mm-hmm. And that threatens my physical safety. People can be scary because people can be emotionally violent. And that, that threatens my spiritual and emotional safety. Mm-hmm. I'm just looking to land at a place that makes me feel safe and comfortable where I feel taken care of and, and not judged without an error of understanding and an error of empathy. You can disagree with me and I can get in an argument, I can get in a fight with somebody and still feel safe at the end of it because I was, I, I was approached and I was met with an argument, with a fight, with, with anger in a, a result that is going to be helpful, that is going to be growing, that is going to be nurturing to the relationship. Mm-hmm. I don't think that you and I have, have, have gone our, our entire relationship without getting into a fight. I don't think you and I have gotten our entire relationship without disagreeing on something. Right. But I think that our friendship is so much stronger because we've been able to, to cross those bridges. A lot of people, and, and me included, I am, I am afraid of the outside world because I'm afraid of, of not, uh, of, of in, uh, engaging into a, a um, in, of, of welcoming, of, 
meeting an engagement with somebody that is going to result in something negative where the result is not positive and then create something that, that is going to harm me either physically or emotionally at the end of it. And if we as people could hopefully have a discourse with each other that creates no matter what, even in, in the discourse of it, it was negative, not negative was, was, um, abrasive or argumentative or, mm-hmm. or in disagreement, but come out on the other side of it with some sense of, of, of peace, of, 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 of nurturing, that would be a great, um, a, a, constructive, a great tonic for, for world hatred. Yeah. It's like recognizing when you're in the rubble, it's probably the best time to build. Sure. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 And, and, and just because you destroy an entire town doesn't mean you should just leave it in ruins. You right. Know? It's, it's, it's like, it's like um, we were in Costa Rica and we were with our driver and she was from um, one of the islands. Okay. I can't mm-hmm. remember exactly which in this moment. My memory is absolute garbage. Yeah. But I remember the I remember the 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 main content the main semantics of the thing and the thing was that was that a hurricane came through and the government didn't have enough money to provide the services to rebuild but the town did and this is like a great allegory for us as humans couldn't we fight with one another and disagree with one another but still build something positive out of the wreckage mm-hmm. that would be the most amazing thing and be able to live like that you know i don't i really hope that not everybody agrees with each other right because when we when we break it down and i'm saying when we break it down when we break the city down the 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 the, the belief systems that we built when we break those down we can possibly rebuild something even more beautiful and stronger that is like a little bit of mine, a little bit of yours. Encompassing of everyone's differences. Yeah, yeah. That's, and that's that's such a great thing about America and where we live is, and I don't. This doesn't need to become like a like a pot Patriotic. about nationalism. <laughs> yeah. But I've been doing some traveling recently, and I, 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 it's not that I don't see this in other places, but one of the one of the things I think is a hot button in America right now, and has been for a long time, is social injustice and justice. And I think that there is so much injustice, but I think it is so important to note that this is a thinking culture of people, and and by and through disagreements, we are are advancing in a in in the right direction. There are some people that will never agree. And it's just a matter of time. And like, and this is this is just like the 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 unfiltered grant at this moment. It's like those people are just gonna fucking die. Yeah. You know, take your racist shit and go leave me way the fuck alone. You know, I want no part of that. Right. And and hopefully by having a a free thinking and and um and empathetic culture that we can all start to understand where our differences come from and how to celebrate those. It's pretty deep, uh definition of show love spread love and it almost you know i I really like that it started as an idea for a tattoo because a tattoo is something that you like wear on your sleeve you know essentially Mm -hmm. it's something that's really apparent so it's you know at that point where you decided that that was something that was permanent on your body it's also something that you maybe decided to like instill in your life and your lifestyle Mm -hmm. and something that you know using your influence it's something that you could pass down to your following and your listeners and your fans yeah and i think you've done a good job of doing that Thanks. Has that felt important to you? Um, yeah, I, it's important to me for people to um, think think pot, 
I like think positively. I don't want everyone to always be like, oh, I just have to be happy. And if I'm happy, then everything's good. Like, it's not like, um, that's not really like what I'm trying to get at because I think that happiness is an expectation instead of expectations is unrealistic. Mm-hmm. That's not fair. Do you think <laughs> you it's know? like separating happiness and positivity? So it's like, you can be sad, but you can also be positive. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I mean, it's like, it's like hopeful. I love, I love hope. I think it's a fucked up expectation too, but I just love it. It's like hope is addicting and, and it's very motivating and I'm cool with that. Right. I'm okay with, with setting myself up for a little bit of failure because I, I just, I just love the motivation of hope. It works for me. Right. You know, I hope that this goes well. Yeah. So I'm going to do it. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Okay. You know, that's a good kind of hope. You know, it's not blind, that blind. There's some preparation behind it, but um, but yeah, I mean, you know, the, the, you can be sad and, and, and be hopeful, be positive. And, and I, th- I think that it's so important. I mean, this is a different conversation, like the importance of the emotional dynamism in life, you know, mm-hmm. the ups and downs and all the emotions. Which we'll get to. Absolutely. I think, yeah. Um, but, but yeah, yeah. I mean, and it's good. It's, you can be sad and be positive for sure. Right. Um, so, you know, you put a lot of that positivity into your music, mm-hmm. especially recently. Uh, why, why is that? Has it become like easier for you to do as you've grown? Uh, sure, easy, easier. Uh, maybe um, it just kind of like comes out of me a little bit more. The, um, the great way to answer this question, I think, is um, this current album is definitely a direct reflection of just kind of how I've been feeling about life, and I, I, I've been doing that for 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 a long time, but over the past few albums has become more and more literal in a, in a writing lyric sense instead of stealing, not stealing, but sampling other people's work and, and, and then, get, you know, using their voice to amplify my voice or kind of like picking something that somebody else has written and to amplify that and, and, and kind of usurp that message and put it in, into my stream, you know, mm-hmm. to like redirect their, their creative thought and just kind of like take a highlighter and be like, all right, I'm going to highlight that sentence. I'm going to cut it out and I'm going to throw it into my essay mm-hmm. and then write a bunch of sentences around it. You right. know, repeat that one a lot though, because that's a good one. Yeah. You know? It's like heavily influenced. Yeah, yeah. You know, yes. And, um, but you know, in, in, in the recent times I, I, it kind of went like, um, I have to get away from it. Yeah. And now it turned into a practice of that's the only thing I've been doing is not sampling. It, and, and then now it's like, I don't even want to sample anymore. You had to get away from it because of like, like releasing music. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Originally it was like, Oh, people are going to start suing you. Yeah. And we got close to a few things and you know, we were flying close to the sun and we started like paying off some sample uh, royalties and then that got expensive fast. Right. And then, it, then those, the people that own those samples are friends with or own collections of other samples. And they start looking through your catalog and all of a sudden you're like, Oh, this track has X amounts of millions of plays and kind of defines this person's career. So we can just not just only sue you for the use and sale of that song, but for everything else because it defines your career and you're touring and you're making money off of shows and then mm. all of a sudden you're fucked yeah so i'm like no i don't want to i don't i don't want to do that so it was like it's like don't do that and then that turned into like i like not doing that you right know, in the in the long run and then i was like all right cool you know what maybe if i if i write th- like four albums around writing music that like started with songs like simple that i did with the uh, the floozies which i just had really had matt play guitar on or like or like how it ends where dominic is playing saxophone on this like me singing through a vocoder and they was there were not great songs people still love them it's fine you can like whatever the fuck you want i don't care <laughs> awesome i'm glad you like that shit that's dope but 
Um, it started with like just simple stuff like that, or like uh, um, um, keep the dream alive. The, the dancing is like, mm-hmm. it, and these are just like small hook things, and and they they weren't really very thoughtful, but they were nice, and and they did their job. You but know? it also plays like a pivotal part in your you know, growth as Grizz too. It's like, yeah, it stepped me out of the box of the sampling thing and kind of like start original vocals, you mm-hmm. know? So I've been like, it's been kind of threaded in there for a long time and it just kind of grew and grew. And now it's like, Oh, all these albums, you're not going to hear a vocal sample in it, mm-hmm. you know, and, and then turn into just all original writing, all original rap taglines. And I, you know, I'll, I'll drop my voice down low for a rap tagline, whatever, pitch it down. Yeah. Get some compression distortion. Boom. You know? Um, uh, so, so it kind of turned into that and then it turned into like me contributing my voice into it. Cause I was like, uh, you know, at some point, like this is a song I can't have somebody else sing. Cause I'm like, that's, that's my story. I don't want anybody else to like say it. So you think a lot of like you, you singing and, and having a lot of your own vocals on this, this next album, which is called Ride Waves. Ride Waves. Comes out April 5th. April 5th. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's, um, that's something that you you're more connected to because of it's it's like a personal thing rather than it's you know you, you could easily go out and find someone to sing it for you yeah that has a better voice well, um that's argue that's arguable. sure sure but you know i i um so like whenever i, I send songs to to singers or i'm working with them in the studio like i sing it and i've gotten better at singing and understanding like you if you're singing and you're you're working with a singer who's a pro you're gonna say oh can you sing it like this and if you're not singing the right notes they're gonna be like i don't understand what you're trying to have me sing and then you mm-hmm. have to get better at singing so so yeah, there was there was there was the, the the drawing the line. If I was in, it was and it really was this. And it was I was in New Orleans, and it was the song. Um, I think the thing is called the 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 titles changed so many times. It was, <laughs> it's can't get enough, I think. Mm-hmm. And um and it's, it was really a story about myself and fans. And uh, it wasn't a song that I wanted anybody else to sing. And I didn't really want to be the vocalist on it, but I was in a hotel room at four o'clock in the morning and your boy had just about had a very long day in the studio. And I was with Boogie T all day and he's like a very, um, very charismatic figure and very mm-hmm. empowering. And, and Wagwan. Wagwan. Mm. Brock, man. Like, and, and he's, he's such an like, inspiring person for me. And we had a great conversation in his car when he dropped me back off at the hotel. He plays guitar on it. And we, it's on his stream, too. Like, you can check out the, the history of that tune. And he rubbed off on me in the right way. And I was writing, for, writing to it. And um, he was showing me some beats that like, he was rapping on in the, in the car ride over and was empowering me in my voice. And I felt like, you know, man, this is like, this felt right. All the conditions pointed to the right direction for me. And mm-hmm. I was rinsing it and I've, I produced his vocal. And the vocal was recorded into my laptop speakers, just like the internal microphone on the laptop. And at like, yeah, like, like three, four o'clock in the morning in New Orleans in a hotel room. And I just kept it. I was like, that's it. And I recorded the second verse at um, Assemble Sound here in Detroit. And I was having a hard time getting verse two to sound as cool as verse one because it wasn't through my crappy laptop internal microphone thing. And it wasn't like that time of night where I was feeling some type of way about everything where like the energy was there. So like it took like that was like a one take. Yeah. And it took me like forever to, to get that 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 next recording done but it just felt like it had to be my thing and and that and and i don't know how you know i at a point i was like yeah i'm really worried about how people are going to receive it but i'm like you know what man 
to be honest, like this is my life right now. This is my life. Like this moment of us talking right now, this is our lives. Mm -hmm. And if you're not enjoying what you're doing with your life right now, switch. Change it. Absolutely yeah. switch. Yeah. You don't like the room you're sitting in, the people you're hanging out with. You don't like you don't like your job. You don't like what's going on with you. You should stop right now before you continue to do it for another 10 fucking minutes because that is 10 minutes wasted of you just being unhappy with stuff because you're going to make that decision eventually and it's going to be horrible. Yeah, but how do you get to the point where you can be so decisive? I mean... Either you're the kind of person that makes choices in life for themselves, or you're the kind of person who life just runs right over them. Mm -hmm. You can you can be that kind of person. I mean, I remember though, even even if I consider myself, you know, balanced, I remember being in relationships and you know work work positions and knowing that they needed to change, and still the action to take to make that change took uh, an excruciating amount of you know, uh, anxiety and analyzation and, mm. you know, it, it is a really hard thing to do. If, and you got to honor that. And that's like, that is courage. Yeah. You know, you got to have courage. I was in a relationship for five years Yeah, and a long committed relationship for five years and three years into it knew it wasn't destined to be a thing. And, and it took two, and, and it two took years, two years right. of mental prep and talking like, I was talking to my mom about this. Of course. You know, and, and she was like, you just, sweetie, like I will, I will support you always. Yeah. And she is like the nicest lady ever and so supportive. And she's like, I'll always support you. But however, I think that you should blank, you know, you should not. You should switch your, switch your game up because it's going to end bad. And guess what? It ended bad. Mm -hmm. And then it got worse and then it got better for a second. And then it got really, really bad. And and now this person is blocked on my phone. Mm. I won't, if I see him in public, that's like not a good thing. You know, like it's, it, it, it took a bad, it became a bad thing because we both were not able to, to come to like a, a like a, like a good agreement. Like upon an amicable it. separation. Yeah. And, and maybe I, two years earlier, it, it could have had that chance. We could chance. have had it part of our ways and we could have ended it with more poise, but at this point it just, it got ruined and, and that's too bad. And if, if you take too long to make the right choice of change in your life, you are going to become a little bit too entrenched in your, your kind of your shit. And it's going to take you a lot longer to dig yourself out of it. So if you get that feeling that something ain't right and and it's really not worth it for you to hold on to it because there's n there's no salvaging it, just just switch it up. You know, mm -hmm. and some things are gonna be easier than others. Like I'm at this party, I'm not having fun. Leave, you know, just right. leave right now. You yeah, know, get yeah. out when you still can. But I mean, you know, personal relationships that's a that's a bigger bigger thing. You know, like a job. If you're, you know. It, it that that can be one thing or another, you know. It could be like that job you've had for the fifteen years, and you know, or the job that you just got a month ago, and it's easier to leave and just get yourself out. But, but yeah, I I just think the sooner the better. If you're if you are not vibing and jiving your life, it is it is so important. One of the reasons why I've been able to be successful in my career because I'm like, you know what? Here's my decision. Boom. I'm I'm so in for that, and I just I will do everything within my power to make that decision right, and and just. Give it my one hundred percent. That's that's a uh, pretty good advice. You know, not not being stuck uh, is you know something that's really essential to learn. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, Harrison, let me like switch the tables on you. Um, has this not happened to you? Like, like, what is your experience with like being stuck and making decisions for yourself in your life? Because I like 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 to to people listening. 
Harrison is a very, very hard worker and and super inspiring and has always inspired me in in his work endeavors. Um Thank so you. from your perspective, like like what was your what was your like clicking moment? Because like I noticed so much that life had had like it, I would say like one eighty. Yeah, you. it's a one eighty. I think um, you know there's so many different examples, and I think a lot of the examples in my life came from observing other people, um, and you know a lot of it came from like looking at my family who experienced different health issues, um, and you know realizing. It was more so like not necessarily feeling stuck, but it's like, you know, realizing now is the time, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like there, nothing's going to wait for you. Mm -hmm. And if you don't take advantage of the now, then it's like, you you can't save time. So you can either use it or you can like waste it. Mm -hmm. And so, um, it's, it's just, and I don't think I, I don't think that's like completely original, you know, it's a, that's definitely some interpretation of somebody, but, uh, you know, I, I really truly believe in that and it's really helped me make more, you know, uh, well-rounded decisions and help me, yeah, be more decisive and realize when I'm not stuck and to make changes. Amen. Yeah. That was, you know, it's, it's like, uh, so you got to move through life. Yeah. You know, you got to accept all the challenges and some certain challenges are going to put you in emotional and physical danger and just, okay, I don't need that challenge in my life, at least not right now, because it, it soon enough you'll have to face it. Right. You can't avoid at anything forever. Well, it's it kind of like surface. what you just touched on is kind of another thing. It's, it's becoming more intuitive with what feels good and what doesn't feel good. Mm-hmm. And if, if you're, if you're not going to recognize that, um, you know, there are certain things out there that, that just, you know, they raise your cortisol levels, they stress you out, they make you feel bad. And then you just suffer that for so long. You got to really understand you could, you could change that. You can leave, leave that stress behind. You can leave that negativity behind and, you know, chances are it's always going to be for the better because you're eliminating something that really made you feel bad. Yeah. And you can ex- accentuate the, th- the things in life that make you feel good. How did you, how did you, uh, end up finding your career path and, and, and I, you were doing like so many kind of, I would say like, um, entre- entrepreneurial, uh, random shit, man. You know, mm-hmm. like, like it, it was, it was like, Harrison was like, I'm doing this and then I'm doing that. And I know a lot of people that kind of do this and then they do that. And then all of a sudden you're like, I, I did it, did it all like lead you to a place or like, like, what was that? I, I mean, for me, it's like seeing a lot of, uh, my, my friends like you and, and, you know, Jared and Freddie Todd, mm. all of these. Freddie really, Todd was the, he was like the initiator for me as yeah, well. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And like, you know, Freddie Todd had some great success like early on when we were first you know getting into this whole music scene and it was so inspiring it kind of set the bar for what we could do yeah and uh and and you know I don't produce music so it had to be something else for me and so at at the time it was like how can I just get into any any involvement how can i get my hands dirty in any way mm-hmm. and so i was helping you i was helping you know whoever right. i could yeah. um and you know it allowed me to travel a lot mm-hmm. uh, what i thought was a lot you know like around the midwest mostly but different music festivals and stuff and just having that exposure really showed me how much i care about this music scene mm-hmm. um and realizing that there were things in the music scene that i knew I could have an influence on and uh, uh, things in this music scene that i knew i could change especially yeah. here in detroit and the, uh, a way that you could you could use your talents, the things that you're good at, that you have found out um, to influence 
the things that you care about. Totally. That was uh, that's like the quote right there. Yeah. Yeah, man. Thanks. Oof. I like that. That's that's what's up. And it, you know, you did so many different things and kept moving. You kept your feet moving to get to that one thing. And I relate that to myself through like the music creation process. And in an album, album's creation length, there's maybe 30 to 50 songs, mm -hmm. ideas. Right. 25 to 30 actual like song hooks that were written, lyrics were written, sessions booked, whatever. And then now it's 14 songs. Right. You know, it took just exploring Trial the and world error. and jungle and cutting it on the bush and then finding camp, setting up, meditating on the ish. And then f now, now you got like that, like that select, that's the hottest of hot, you know? And then you found, you found, you're like, you're like, all right, cool. I've done all these things. Now I found like the hot shit for me in my life. And this is what I'm, I'm good. All my shit lines up here, you know? And it's Harrison Diskin doing these, these things. Well, it's thanks. Cool. And I'm sure you feel similarly, but it's like, whenever I, I, I take another step in my career, I feel like um, it's just like another step, you know? It's really basic like that, you know? So, so there's going to be more steps and, and feeling, you know, content at any moment is uh, something that I'm really afraid of. So like, it's, it's something that always keeps me on my toes. That's interesting to talk about, okay? So, mm -hmm. like, so like, you hit this moment of like, like, do you ever get a moment to just sit back and be like, be like yo, check out the view. I did this past weekend in Costa Rica. But I mean, but I mean, okay. So, but like, like in an esoteric way though. Yeah. Like, like, I mean, literally super, super fire views. Like right. The right, views. Wow. Right. But then it's like, it's like the views of the view. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, do you take moments to just be like, Hey, honestly, I do now. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's important to me to, to give the, myself that time to, what do you get you out know, of it? I get fulfillment, excitement, and energy. You know, it's like, I, I can recognize the, the good that I've done and, and, reward myself in some form whether it's just acknowledging it or you know just knowing that i can instill a new self-confidence in myself and then it's also the thrill of what's next so okay pause so this is this is self-care mm -hmm. this is like emotional personal self-care it's not spa day it's like mental spa day it's like oh, hey it's check out my view of my overview of my stuff like let me fly a drone up vertically to the top of like the achievements of my life and appreciate all of them, even though, even if it's not me sitting in a mansion. Right. You There's going to be a lot of, like you said, if you're doing this drone analogy, it's like you can fly the drone to see overhead the bird's eye view of your life. And without comparing, just knowing that it's out there, you know that there's going to be drones side of you, drones above you, drones sure. below you. Everyone's at different points. Yeah. Um, but instead of that creating something where I'm comparing or something where I'm, you know, creating like a jealousy type of, you know, uh, like initiative behind what I'm doing, it, it's more so like recognizing the potential of what's out there. Yeah. If someone else can do that, so can I. You okay. Know? Okay. Um, I like that. And there's That's, also I, mean, I felt that I felt that way. Yeah. So I mean, like relating that back to your career, you know. At, at a certain point, you know, right at the beginning of your career, you were having some success with releasing singles on SoundCloud. Mm -hmm. They were like, you know, hitting number one on SoundCloud when it had ranking systems. Yeah, the charts. Yeah. At a lot of points, I think um, some artists would look at that and they'd have a sense of contentment that almost feels like uh, like they've made it, you know? Oh. And so how do you keep pushing the bar you know, farther and 
in, in setting it higher and higher for yourself? Um, good question. I, um, oh man, uh, right now the bar is for me to be able to provide the show that I want to provide, but I don't want to charge fans too much money for a show and I can't play at a venue large enough to house the vision that I have. Mm -hmm. It used to be Red Rocks Mm -hmm. and then I think I did it and I'm like, it just doesn't get, it doesn't, there's, there isn't like a large enough of a sum of money to be able to provide the thing to have the stage that moves with the lights and the, and the bajillions of, of, of custom fabricated this and that's. And so that's on like the, of more of like a financial thing. It's financial, but it's also physical. I, I think what I'm, what I'm getting at more is like mindset wise, you like, know, and like inspiration why, wise. Like why keep going is, yeah. you know, I, there's, I don't, it's like within me to just, I just want to make stuff always. Like, you know, like the stuff we're talking about to do in Detroit over the summer. Mm -hmm. Like I just, I love the chance to create stuff. And I'm like, I'm like, oh my God. And even that, like that conversation, I'm like, it could be so much bigger. If we had more time and more people loved us and we had more fans and more money and then we could do this, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like there is a super idea and then there's the idea that we're probably going to do, you know? And the Grisman shop is another one. I mean, there's, there's just projects we're like we are working on but like man like it is uh and like this year we we really let's let's, that was like let's stay on this subject of like your side projects outside of music okay because you have quite a few that are growing um i'm really excited to be part of all of it Mm -hmm. and um so start with grismas yeah okay uh how 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 has that grown into something that you feel is is you know part of your brand and part of your you know why is it so special to you uh because it was something that we made that we do all the time that is is created with people that i care the most about mm-hmm. and that is uh, that is something that we can grow and that is all for a good benefit mm-hmm. that is like a that is like the the triple threat of awesomeness yeah. you know doing a project with the people you love for the people you love that that is nothing but the benefit of others, you mm-hmm. know. Whoa, and and then you just add in the the extra caveat that that it gets to be successful because other people enjoy doing it with you, you mm-hmm. know. Like, what? Whoa, whoa! Right. What a what a blessing. And Holy most listeners moly. probably know what Christmas is, but if they don't, it's uh, you know, it's your it's your shows at Masonic or yeah, in show, Detroit. The shows and then the, the but there's a 12 stuff. Days of Christmas, which is a 12 day charity initiative. Yeah, just check here. out check out the the website. 12 Days of Christmas dot com. Yeah. For real, yeah. It's, um, that's it's it's a cool project that's you know five years in in the making and uh, has really benefited the city and a lot of Detroit's youth. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, something that's kind of become like what I what I would say is like a, you know, a flagship of of Grizz, you know. Oh yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is that is like a yearly event that we we plan heavily for, and you're on all those phone calls, and you understand how much effort goes into that. And we're gonna, you know, we already had phone calls about Grizzmas, um, uh, this year, and just as recaps, and and then it's gonna be planning for next year, probably the next few months. It's been tough this year because we've had. You know, 
tours to plan production, music videos, album that's finished, album that was being finished, papering an album, music festival announcements, production design questions, music uh, production video design meetings and it's just like that's just a small amount of what fills your day for real yeah yeah and man it's like so it's so much but i love i love it so much at the same time and it's all this balance like i was just you know today's docket was so full but um but it makes my heart full but the grismith thing is is such a staple and and it's become a a, um a a really it, it became something that I never thought it would. Mm-hmm. You know, it started, it's really, really started as a selfish thing, kind of. It was like, I don't know if we can play this venue because it's a little big. So let's hit a promo circuit for the album right? and get get the fans activated around it. And then we'll do this thing. And like, 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 no lies on this shit. I'm not trying to like deceive anybody in the stuff that I'm doing because mm-hmm. that is wrong and I'm not trying to like I don't I don't want to like deceive the fan base and like I'm I'm trying to be as transparent as I possibly can and I can't be like oh yeah I'm working on six albums right now two of them are for this person like that's like you know whatever that's besides the point but like I it started as that and now it it became like all right we don't need that thing you know we don't need it to be that thank thank god right you know thank god this was that was was adopted by the fans and then y'all are like we fly the flag heavy for grismas oh yeah and that and that just by us making it fun and interactive and then you guys feeling the space we were able we like we are empowered by the fan base Mm -hmm. without these people we would be uh, you know, six people running around Detroit yelling at people and be like, "Give us your money and come to our yoga," you know, right. because it's gonna be really fun. I promise, you know. <laughs> and it's like, it's like you guys like come do the yoga and it's fun. Everyone's like, "God, you guys got some people to come with a fisher and do yoga? That's nuts." And we're like, "Yeah, it's pretty cool, I guess." You know, blah blah blah. You know, play it off like nice. And but for real, it is like the coolest thing to have so many people so interested in from all over the nation, not just from Detroit. To want to support something that is so simple as introducing music programs into areas of Detroit that don't have them. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's so sick and so simple, but it's 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 not an easy thing. We'll come back to giving back to the you know the youth of Detroit a little bit. Okay, but I really like um, how you touched on your transparency as an artist, okay. and especially in the electronic music realm, which you you definitely toe the line in a lot of respects um we dwell right right which Often is good dwell. yeah and so why is that transparency and almost it's aligned with like your self-identity why is this so important as like you know your options there are, there are artists that are literally wearing masks mm-hmm. and they're you know they're experiencing tremendous success mm-hmm. but it's like the opposite of transparency um mm-hmm. so why is the transparency as an artist to your fans an important thing um, speaking to like the, like the mass persona, I think that, and I like, I think that for them it is, it is transparency in their brand, you know, just not as a human being, because I don't think that music, it's like the Batman phenomena. Mm-hmm. Like if you are a symbol, you can say more than you could as a human being. That was like the whole, like, like Bruce Wayne can be more when he is Batman because a city doesn't need a Bruce Wayne and the city needs a Batman. He needs a symbol. A symbol can be so many different things that a human being cannot. Yeah. But you've you've definitely kind of blurred that uh, separation between Grant and Grizz. 
Yeah, I mean that, and it, and it created a lot of problems. You know, mm-hmm. it, like initially for me to to sort out where to draw the line, and I'm still trying to figure it out. But I took a year to kind of set my like put my foot down and be like, you know what, like I just need a. I just need a grant year, you know, yeah. and it wasn't even a year and I didn't even take time off. <laughs> you yeah, know, like yeah. if y'all think I was chilling on a beach, the last time I was on a beach, I was, I was playing Dominican holidays. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, it's like working. I was playing a show. Yeah. Um, man, no, I mean like, like, like I, I, as, as a, the symbol of what Grizz is and what Grizz can be versus like, you know, what Grant is, I think that it is very important for me and, uh, and, and for my brand and like, like just me as a human being, like I, I just like being Grant as Grizz because Grizz is, is, is everything that I am. Like that is, I, I, I really, I really put my heart on my, wear my heart on my sleeve through the Grizz project. And it feels very personal. And I think that that really works because it humanizes like, like the lyrics within it, the vibe within it. And it's like, Hey, like that's like an actual human experience. That's like actually this dude. That's like, that's like my guy, you know, like, like that's, that's the boy. He's not like writing the song, not about him. That's unique though. I mean, it is, you know, for the most part, if I had a musical guest on here, I'd have to spend time going into the background and, and talking about how they picked up an instrument and all that. And we might even get to that. But like with you, I, I feel, you know, a lot of your listeners already already know that. They sure. feel so connected to you. Yeah. I mean, I, I just, I love putting myself into this project as much as I can because really for the past decade of my life, I, all I've wanted to do was to live my life through music and then show it to people and uh that was kind of that was that's 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 the i don't know maybe the not like necessarily the motivation for it but i it it just feels right to be honest mm-hmm. as as shit with people and sometimes it gets me into trouble but i'm not trying to be a hater man like i'm really trying to like put that on the back on the back burner and like, well, like disliking stuff and like not not being cool with this, that, or the other. Like, I really try and understand all the all the shit, and like, be like, man, you know, if you don't like it, wow, change the channel. Yeah. <laughs> you know, please don't don't sit in front of the TV and then start yelling at somebody who can't hear you. Like, right. It's only making your life more negative and their life less anything else. And if you're gonna go ahead and hate on Twitter on that person, I hope that that person doesn't look at your bullshit comments because it doesn't matter to their shit anyways because they're probably trying to be too busy being a happy person you're just trying to shit on people's parade go fuck off you yeah. know with that negative bs um misery attracts misery yeah man if you yeah. want to go have a bad time like please don't have a bad time around me and, and if you're you know just trying to be on some hater shit like yeah switch the channel there's so much other programming that will make you happy uh to keep on this like transparency thing and we'll, we're kind of getting a little more linear here um in okay. 2017 you wrote this amazing, I think a beautiful op-ed in Huffington Post. Uh, you publicly came out to your fan base as gay. Um, in the op-ed, you described a very dark period of your life uh, where you felt like your sexuality had to be kept secret. Mm. Uh, what would you say to someone that's in a similar position right now? Oh, shit. Um, that's, this is like this is kind of where like the It Gets Better song is like written from that energy of, um, and that was like something you said in that op-ed was, 
you know, that was like what you left the closing message was it gets better. Yeah. Um, that's where that comes from. And like kind of ironically, not kind of, but very ironically, the, the, it gets better foundation was the thing. And we're like, yo, did you know? And I'm like, I did not know. And it's like, mm. wow, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. Anyways, this is the whole Grizz project in a nutshell. Like, it's like, it's like, you did that thing. And is it, did you know that's going to line up perfect? It's so like, apropos. I had no idea that this is going. Um, but okay. So, the advice is that um, right now it, it probably feels like pretty unnatural, and that's okay. Um, understanding that struggle is a very important process, important part of the process. Like, like um, it's not easy for 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 heterosexual people to to um, become comfortable in their own bodies either. Um, the whole notion of, of, oh, it's just easy for anybody who's straight to le- like, like love women is just, oh, oh, you guys have it so easy. Okay. Like, no, I, I, I can't get in line with that line of thinking. I think it's difficult for everybody. Love is hard. <laughs> love is hard, man. And I think, um, it is, it is, it, it, it also, you know, you're gonna be faced with like in, 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 in refute also of that, you're gonna be faced with a lot of hate in one time or the next. If it's not your family, it's going to be somebody that you meet down the line. If it's not now, then it's going to be when you're holding your boyfriend or girlfriend's hand when you're walking down the street and someone's going to yell some stupid shit your way. Mm -hmm. Just hold your ground and understand that your life is a creation of something beautiful and that you are a beautiful thing. If you can hold your head high and you can create white noise around the BS, the haters, mm-hmm. if you can, if you can really like let that go quickly and you should learn to let that go quickly because those negative emotions will come at zero service to you. It will only bring you down because anybody that holds hatred towards you holds in some amount of hatred towards themselves inside. And it is a, it is a reflection of their own insecurities. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that every single person is like, Hey, you know, whatevs like, derogatory word insert derogatory word about about gay culture that i'm not trying to say that person is gay themselves but they definitely hold fear in their heart you threaten their their existence their belief of their conscious awareness we're talking about this at the top of the pod you Mm -hmm. know like Mm -hmm. you are threatening their existence they've been told something different their entire life and you are you are shaking up the ground beneath their feet you are shaking it so much that they feel so compelled to say something at you so that you might feel shook as much as they are. Right. But you're not because you are a strong, confident person and you got to tell yourself that a lot. And unfortunately, lots of people don't have to. And guess what? You get to. Welcome to this beautiful culture of people. Mm-hmm. We got your back and it is freaking amazing to be you every single day. So That's- con- congratulations. Like, good for you. Hold on to that. And the last thing I want to say about that is just that being gay is cool. It is a cool thing. It is no cooler than being straight. It is no cooler than being trans or anything else. But it is cool. It is cool because you are you and you is cool. I guarantee you're a cool person if you're hearing this. I swear. I swear is it. So staying on this just for one more second, how did it feel to publish that op-ed? Because to your friends and family, you've been out for a minute, Mm -hmm. but there's a big gap between coming out to your friends and family and coming out to your fan base um so you know how did it feel to push publish on that it felt really awesome yeah 
man, it felt great. Like, I was just like, if you didn't know by now, which there was, you know, some signs of people like, oh, why is this other guy like around him all the time? Like, is this his boyfriend? And, and you know, like the, I was talking about this guy that I used to be in a relationship with, right? Um, and uh, so like, so there's like context clues and in, in, in all that. Um, but for, I think for the vast majority, like it was like, it was like a big wake up call. And I, man, I, it just, it felt so liberating. I was yeah. just like, I was like, hell yeah, click publish. You know, yeah. like, like this is about to liberate me from a lot of, uh, a lot of like secrecy and hiding. And um, it felt awesome. And like, and like, I want, I really wanted to to grow the platform to a place where it wasn't just like, oh, he's about, oh, gay DJ Grizz does blank. Gay DJ Grizz does blank. And I'm like, I'm like, first of all, I'm not a DJ. Okay, so just <laughs> just say gay Grizz. Okay, if you, yeah. if you would, please. <laughs> but, You'd rather be described as gay than a DJ? Hell yeah, yeah. <laughs> definitely. Way cooler. But but yeah, man, I mean, um, I, uh, I wanted to get to a place where people were just like, yo, this guy Grizz does this thing and he's gay and sometimes he DJs, saxophone, whatever stuff makes music. Um, so I wanted, I wanted to advance it to a certain point so that I was identified by the things that I did, not, not like, not who I did, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> or who did me. Yeah, I don't know. It's really nobody's business unless yeah. you want to make it their business. Exactly. You know? Exactly. So yeah, I saw that. <laughs> we'll cut that. I was like, why isn't this boring? <laughs> no, you're right. It's a blacklist. It's that tough. was really trippy. Well, I mean. Okay, okay. So back to the pot. Yeah. So yeah, unless I wanted to make it somebody else's business. But, you know, like my, my shit is my shit. You know, right. like, and like what happens behind closed doors, my, you know, it's my thing. But it, yeah, it's just like, man, it, it, I was ready to be able to speak to the Grizz fan base and to the rest of the world and be able to big ups the gay culture and be like, yo, this is cool and we are so many places and, and, I, and I urge you to be able to, and hopefully it is an inspiring story for you to be able to see somebody that, that, that is relatable in mm -hmm. that space, you know, that is relatable in, 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 in one way or another to, to the way that you identify yourself as a human being. And maybe this will help a lot of people. Yeah, I'm, I, I know it has. It's man, like the, the response from people and I like, I, I love being able to um, now share my story with people on like a one-on-one -on -one basis. Like people ask me like, hey, my, you know, my sister is lesbian and, and she is having a tough time with it. Do you have any advice? And, or, you know, like, and I just love being able to share my story with people in person. And I'd way rather almost talk about that than, than music most of the time. Cause I'm just like, I'm like, oh yeah, I have been to that music festival before. That's right, yeah. you did see me there. I don't know. I mean, you from know, my whatever, personal but. experience, <clears throat> you know, my little sister, Gabby, she, she's a transgender woman transitioning and that's right you know she your influence on her has been something that has impacted her and has allowed wow. her to feel more confident i mean for a while she was if you have a grizz shirt and it's tie-dyed by hand there's a really good chance that she's the one who tie-dyed uh -huh. it that's and, what's up and that's that right. you know that empowerment that you allowed her to have just through creativity and and giving you know showing her that she's a valuable person you know no matter what your sexuality or, or uh, what you identify with as a, a gender, mm -hmm. it, you're just you're just a human. Yeah, you're valuable. You know. Yeah. So I mean, firsthand, I can see how your influence has, has really uh, given an outlet and and a great safe space for others. And that's what's up. Like like the the like, and you you said something that I, I haven't heard very often, but it is um you said valuable. Yeah. You matter. Yeah. When man, when so the chips are down and, and I'm feeling low, 
that is a difficult thing, the difficult conclusion to come to is that I matter, is that I am valuable. Right. Because I will find a very, very easy ways to feel like I can devalue my existence. Mm -hmm. Even with everything that I've done. And I know that there, that was me in high school so much too. And even with everything that I had accomplished, just growing into a human, it was so, I mean, so easy to see myself not as that. That segues into my next question here. It's like uh, going into that year off that you took, um, you described the year between 2017 and 2018 as the most difficult of your life. You acknowledged being depressed. Um, so it's probably a lot of your fan base when they, you, you acknowledge this publicly. And I think a lot of your fan base read that and they probably were like, Oh, well he's on fire with his career. You know, he's releasing all these tunes. He's playing these huge festivals. Right. Um, you know, that, that perception that people have, and then you can kind of bring this, like, you know, you can create less of a stigma around not feeling great, even though you might have everything going for you or seem like you might have everything going for you. Right. Um, it's like that transparency about, you know, being open about the different mental states you can face, you know, how, how, how has that been challenging? And, and, and then it leads into that year off that you took. So I, there was, um, 2017 fall tour was tough. We did a, the second tour on the same album. So I was trying to hold on to developing the idea of something that I had already toured on. It was already like, it was already out there. It was already done. We had mm -hmm. already hit all the cities. We had already done all the major markets and we were kind of like coming back into it. And there was this show in New York in Albany, I think. And um, someone got on stage, like the, this dude, like shirt off dude, ripped. We, you know, you know, the, you know, the thing mm -hmm. he jumps on stage and our stage hand rewind backstory, the people that tour with me and many touring artists can probably agree, become very close to you very quickly. It's your family. And, and we had been together for a long time and I play music and I hope that people find a catharsis through it because a lot of times it can be angry mm -hmm. and can express feelings of anger. And I feel like that's very important. I was talking with Jossie. Yeah. Um, at actually at Coolabunga. Yeah. And we were kind of talking about this and how like, uh, how like dubstep and like bass music is so tight because it's like a lovely rage. It's yeah. like a beautiful rage. And I can like rage to dubstep sober and I can headbang and I can go, I can wild out. Same. And that will be such a healthy catharsis for my feelings of anger in a positive way. Mm -hmm. Positive anger. Wow. You know, it's like going like, to the gym and punching a punching bag versus exactly. going to the bar and knocking somebody out. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, a yeah. Great versus yeah, great, yeah. great quid pro quo there. So, or whatever you call that. I'm not smart. <laughs> so, okay. Reeling it back in. So the show, man, um, this guy jumps on stage and our stage manager he he's looking out for my safety number one which i appreciate so much and he grabs him like you know around the arms and like tries to like you know just motion him off stage and the guy like 
slithers his way out of the, the grab and keeps dancing and going nuts, And to which our, our, our stage manager takes the, the next step and pulls him off again, and he relinquishes that grasp again, to which our stage manager takes uh, his arms around him and starts to walk him off stage. And this guy does this, like, MMA, like, front flip thing in the middle of, like, me playing music. The music is not stopped, you know? Like, we don't we don't stop for something like that because typically usual protocol, somebody jumps on stage if they are if they are slick and are lucky enough to do so because typically there's there's, there's security, security that, is, that is wise enough to see that that is going on, you know, diffuses the situation, does this front flip thing and lands our, our stage manager on the ground with him on top of him. Our stage manager still managed to get him off stage. I stopped the show at this point because, like, this is clearly very wrong. And our stage manager had dislocated his shoulder at this point. And this is his, his well-being. He, he pushes around boxes. He needs his entire body to perform the task. Otherwise, he might lose his job because we need able-bodied men and women to, to work. Right. And he gets sent to the hospital. There's a break in the show. We decide with our stage manager. He's like, listen, finish the show. I'll be fine. You guys take care. And I finished the show with two more songs. It was right at the end of the set. And I say, thank you so much. And I'm out. And I just remember very vividly sitting outside by myself on the top of like a stairwell at the end of the show outside and then crying and just crying and feeling so horrible that the music that I had created to create some sort of happiness along the way or, or some sort of just like fun vibe thing put somebody in real danger mm-hmm. and somebody that was close to me in real danger. It felt horrible. It felt really bad. And I was in a tough place to begin with. And for the rest of the tour, I, I, I was starting to feel the residual effects of this, and I was having a tough time with it and carrying that into 2018. And at that moment, it was just, it was sitting there with like a handful of tears and then seeing somebody, one of the fans, walk by and be like, hey, great show. And then mustering up the courage to give them a, a quick smile and, and see them off. But you really wanted to be like, did you, did you freaking see my stage manager? Like, come on, man. The feelings was that I, I wanted other people to feel sad too. Right. I wanted to bring the world down with me in that yeah. moment. And I was having a tough time with that. And I, I, I don't want to put myself in a place where I'm not able to address the challenges of the daily life unequipped, mm-hmm. unequipped to be able to attack the, the surprising. And that was tough. And so I took a year, I was like, listen, I want to work on this next record, but I'm not going to do it around playing shows. I'm not going to do it around touring. And I'm absolutely not going to do it around the environment of, of anybody else, fans, peace. I can't do it. I just don't want to be around that energy. Even if it's positive, it's just going to stroke my ego into believing that I'm on the right path when I haven't even found the right path for myself without somebody else's judgment in eight years. Mm-hmm. I need to find it for myself. So I did. And it was a tough year. It was a tough year to spend alone. It was a tough year to spend with my own thoughts. It was a tough year to just spend with me. But I'll tell you what, it was a very positive year. And this is what we were talking about. Yeah, Finding positivity through something that is difficult or sad. Right. And that was very important and so special. And I still face daily challenges. And I'm not going to stop facing daily challenges. Mm-hmm. But I will be more equipped to face those daily challenges because I've been able to get myself through it. And with a lot of help from my friends. 
have a good support system. That's important. Uh, I mean, you, you that year off, you weren't just taking a year off of music. You were taking a year off of social media and kind of just, you know, letting yourself kind of, you know, be in the corner of things when traditionally over the last, you know, five or six, seven years, you were in the spotlight, trying to be in the spotlight. And so uh, that social media break, um, has that changed your relationship with social media? Do you think you had like an addiction to social media before? Not even social media, just your phone, the internet, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, Definitely, definitely. Addiction, heavy. Yeah. Heavy. It defined like the way that I felt about content like if i posted a photo and it would get not so many likes is my like my standard like brain like i was like i was like okay cool if i get x amount of likes I'll, it was a good post right and then we kind of like direct the rest of the post i'm like oh no this is not good and i wouldn't be able to put my phone down and i was having trouble going through an entire meal and looking people in the eyes and like having a conversation and like eating food and i was a bad communicator and it just it was creating a lot of problems in my life yeah so i think i'm i'm, I'm happy that i was able to get rid of it and kind of put it down and, 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 and find ways to enjoy people. And I could tell there's like a kind of a come down from it. Life really like slowed down. Yeah. You know, when you're on social media, you get this like constant high of like update, 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 update. What, right. what are you doing? What are you doing? Like this, share that, retweet that. And then you feel like you're really like, I'm really living life, man. You yeah. know, because I'm like, I'm, I'm in the wave of the social media vibration and it is fast. It is a high frequency. It's like, you know, it's going crazy. I'm trying to live like, whoa, you know, you you would say like you would you would think like meditation when they're when they're doing like like sinusoidal like 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 um, binaural beats kind of stuff. It's like you're talking about low waves yeah. that your brain can link into to create these like meditative like chill states. Yeah. And when when the frequency is high, when the like bright bright light has a very high frequency, it's intense. It's intense. Mm-hmm. You know, then, you know, you think about fluorescent bulbs in, in classrooms and, and, and you, you know, when you take like a photo in like a, like a room that has full fluorescent lights at like the wrong shutter speed, you get those like those like black bars in it. Yeah. That you're literally seeing the light. How quick it is. Yeah. Turn on and off. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so it's just flickering and, and, it, and it messes with your senses. And we talked about this in physics class in high school, how negative it was for your brain to be able to be consumed with, with fluorescent lighting all the time. Right. And we were literally singing in front of a candle chilling. Yeah. You know, it was fire. Yeah. This was up. Yeah. Analog shit, man. Um, but the social media vibe, you're on your phone, it's blue light is a very high frequency right. of, of light that you're consuming. And thank, thank the Lord for these for like the night light, that, that orange light that you can put on your phone at night. In your um, computer too. Yeah, flux. Shouts mm-hmm. flux. Flux. Um, so so it, it, it just activates your brain and, and it and it gets you gives you this high, this feeling. It's like caffeine, you know, it's like it's like you're really compelled to live life because things are happening fast. And without that, it, like I was living more with my own thoughts. I was living more with my own boredom. And I was able to be more creative because I was bored more often. I was like, wow, I'm actually like I'm I'm consuming my walk from Making breakfast to folding my bed upstairs. You and, can be and, present. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that's the whole thing, man. It's the whole Eckhart Tolle thing. Right. Huge, huge, huge vibes with that. Uh, the, I think that we just lack that feeling of like for being me, in the moment. Yeah. And for me, it's like, it's not necessarily about, you know, stopping your social media involvement or anything. It's, it's like 
and I don't think it's a, I, th- I think it's the same thing for you too. It's like, we can still post on Instagram and mm-hmm. we can still be involved on social media. I still do. It's when we look at that, you know, the light counts as currency, like a social currency and, and, it, and it's like revving us up in, in your, you know, you're judging your own posts if they get enough likes or not. Mm-hmm. I, I'm guilty of the same thing. Mm-hmm. And when I've learned to just kind of, use it as something that I, I enjoy being involved with on social media. And mm-hmm. it's really nothing less or more than that. Mm-hmm. So the second I start to think about like, oh, how many likes did this post get? Mm-hmm. It's irrelevant. It's something that's only in my head because mm-hmm. it's not going to get me anywhere. It's not going to get me. It's not going to hold me back from anything either. No, it's just, it's like a, it's like a photo album, yeah. you know, literally. I mean, so. but it's this, it's this uh, social classism addiction. And I swear if you're being honest with yourself, you might feel that way about it that you mm-hmm. are that you are obsessed with with being popular with social media and having this kind of clout and it's so addicting to chase that and to be have your feed filled with things that you find beautiful because your life is not and there's nothing beautiful about your phone when it's turned off and you're probably never going to meet these beautiful people anyways <laughs> or see those beautiful things, but you will see them from your flat screen that looks very 3D in the moment. Right. And then you'll scroll past it and look at the next thing. And what a waste of time when you could be creating something that actually makes you feel satisfied. God damn. Like, I, like for real, take a second to check in with you about that. Because if I'm being honest, I still feel the residual effects of it. And I will for a very long time. And I don't spend that much time working on it, but I do. And I spend time to, to understand when I'm like obsessing about my phone and I'm obsessing about Instagram and like being a part of that whole thing, man. It's just like so toxic. And I just, I can't, I can't for the life of me recommend being too into it. You gotta, you gotta be able to create times for yourself to abstain, especially when you're being social with friends and loved ones. There's nothing less sexy than going to dinner with somebody and having them stare at your phone, their phone instead of you in the eyes. Yeah, because being looked in the eyes is a very vulnerable place to be. Yeah, and is very sexy. Right. Oh, look at me in the eyes, baby. Yeah. Yes. Ah. Oh. Uh, so you've you've also referred to music as a safe haven for you. Do you think that's something that's common for other creators? And how can others emulate the safe haven that you found in music in their own lives, even if they're not a creator? I think everyone's a creator, but that's just my like wild thought. I agree. That's, um, why, that's why we don't limit the guests on the creative podcast. Yeah, you know? yeah. Like yeah. anyone's welcome. Yo, um... This podcast is fire, by the way. Well, thank you. For it's, real. Um, just quick shout, quick, quick in, 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 inter, intermission shouts. But um, how, how do you, how do I, how do, how do non-creative people, I guess, find a, uh, find a, a safe space? Yeah. I mean, like you seem, when, when you have like music as an outlet for you, like you were saying, it's cathartic, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And so it's like almost like your go-to safe place, you know? Like yeah, that's true. Yeah, okay, so, so, so how do others emulate that if they don't have music? Ooh, um, so I, I do more things than just music as a, as, as a creative, so maybe this is 
helpful, but um, clothing alterations for me has been like a really safe space for me to be able to be myself and be and feel creative, like sewing, painting on jackets, um, mm-hmm. also doing uh, like large and small format collaging and painting has been an awesome creative space for me as well. And the reason why it's a safe space for me and a creative space, safe space is that I am creating these things like just purely for myself mm-hmm. and may, maybe I'm not good at them but I, I really in, just enjoy being able to make a mess and, and, and being very detail focused on something and letting things just kind of like melt away. It's like meditation, but like a more like, like conscious meditation. Mm-hmm. Um, I, think, I think anything that you can do, and it's, I think it, it, it's going to have to include some doing, and it could be something like video games, but... but even that, like sometimes there's like an, an inordinate amount of like competition and, and with other people. I, th- I think that if it's something that you can do outside of including other people, um, sometimes including other people, but like sports or walking your dog mm-hmm. or being, you know, physically active and, and, and doing, you know, being at the gym, something where, where you can create a space for yourself that feels like, you know, your space something where where it is it is it is occurring on your own terms and also exists outside of the realm of money mm. i think money is the least cool thing on the face of the planet well yeah i mean could you imagine having a safe haven that was accessed by spending and eventually maybe you weren't able to spend so your safe haven wasn't accessible anymore i got destroyed by 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 cash yeah I would suck. Yeah, that'd be really rough. But something that is um, that is of a healthy nature that does not include like drugs mm-hmm. or alcohol. Attachment in general? Mm, I mean, I'm very attached to making music. Right. You know, um, so that's that's a difficult caveat to put. But I just think something, something that is something that is like yours, your thing that is for you, that is physically healthy, that is emotionally healthy, and that does not include other people in a competitive n- nature mm. is is going to create a safe space for you. Unless you're one of those people that, that can compete and and lose and and feel okay with that. Mm-hmm. There are those people out there. Absolutely. I think that that's that's a trait. I'm not very good at that. I'm a I'm a sore loser, man. And and I'm not I'm not good at that. I'm super competitive, and I'm trying to be less. That's that's something in life that I like. I need to chill the fuck out on. <laughs> what do you do on days when you don't feel like creating? Um, it's very it's that's very not often. So those days are typically like days that I I have to do something else instead. Like I have to travel to get somewhere. Like when we left Costa Rica, it was like a, we we have to travel. There's no creating on this. So um. And even even still, sometimes I'll be like producing music on a plane, but on there there's days where like, and this is this is like I love Dan for this. Um, he's a, he's a very uh, thoughtful creator and and sees the way that I bury myself in my work, and sometimes I use that as a crutch. Yeah, to escape from life. Um, but my bestest of friends will kind of see me obsessing about things and be like, hey, we should just nah. 
yeah. do that. Yeah. Let's not do that. And, and let's pull do, you away. Let's do something else. And typically that's like, let's go check out this art museum. Yeah. Let's go watch a movie. Yeah. Let's go get ice cream. Let's go get a nice meal. Let's go do some something that is not like you needing to be put on the grizz pants and go do some thing. Like, let's go, let's go hang. Let's go do some yoga. Let's go bowling. Man, and you know, just like a like a everyday activity kind of a thing. And I know it sounds so like simple, but it's like so effective. Yeah. Just to like get out of your own life. Go it, check out a garden if it's summer. And if it's winter, go walk in the snow, man. It's like that it's well-rounded, cold, you know, lifestyle to be able to have outlets that are separate from work, separate from, you know, e- even even your favorite hobby sometimes won't bring you the fulfillment. So having another outlet to go to is always, you know, to your advantage. And I think it's important to not always be doing the same thing as like your break, like your chill zone, like safe zone, chill zone. Because I don't want to admonish the vibe of of, of watching TV. Mm-hmm. Commercials are like literally the worst thing for your brain in the world, I think. And I, like, I hate commercials so much. I cannot stand commercials. I think yeah. it's like the worst thing ever. Um, and then people are going to be like, cool, yeah, why is your music on commercials? And I'm like, yeah, because I'm getting after that money, baby. <laughs> and I'm doing great things with it, too. That's right. It's whatever. But I'll tell you what. Um, if you are always finding yourself doing the same thing when you're relaxing, your brain is going to do this thing where it latches on to a very, a very, very dull sense of existence. And that's not going to be a good way to relax. You got to switch it up. So if you're always sitting on the couch watching TV, maybe instead do some other cool thing. Go to the arcade, go to a barcade, go check out something in your city that was a tourist attraction you've never done because you're like above it or mm-hmm. something like that. You know, no one's above going to the Space Needle in Seattle. It's dope. Go check it out. I've still never been to the Shedd Aquarium in Chicago. Whoa, you should yeah. go check it out. Yeah. yeah. WTF it's awesome right we did that uh, we did that and you know hung out with Lucy at 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 the Shed Aquarium like a decade ago it was awesome that like, is dope like great you know who actually showed me a picture of, of us doing that was Fred yeah Freddie sent me a photo of that and was like yo or was it Andrew I think it was Andrew I'll tell you what what and I, I and if you're not comfortable talking about acid, it's cool. But okay, uh, I think going to the Shed Aquarium with Freddie Todd on acid would be, you know, one of the things on my bucket list. Wasn't a bad experience. No, not at no, all. No, man, it was, it was a good one. There's a time <laughs> and a place for things like that. But but yeah, I mean, you know, there's go to a planetarium. Like for real, all these all these things exist for a reason, and it's like fun. Just unload your brain into it. Go be a muggle for a little bit. It's like it's. Being a wizard all the time is awesome, but also mm-hmm. it can be stressful. So just like muggle it up and just do some basic stuff. It's super fun. Like go get a pumpkin spice latte and sit underneath <laughs> a, a tree in the fall. Do it once and tell me that it wasn't chill. Yeah. Well, with all that variance, um, how important is having a routine for you? You know, like mm. between touring and producing and then also just the general, obviously you, you like a lot of diverse things. You know, how do you keep a routine going? If you do, uh, I do. I definitely do. I definitely do. And that, that is so important to be able to, to like, to like get things done. Yeah. Um, you know, when I'm, when I'm at home in Denver, it is wake up at seven, seven thirty, start my day, get coffee, meditate, drink a ton of water, 
have breakfast, whether that's in the form of a protein shake. If I'm if I'm not working out on that day, I eat actual food. If I'm or if I'm working out that day, it's eat actual food. I'm, if I'm not, it's protein shake. Mm-hmm. And then I work in the studio for as long as I can until I, I, I get broken up by either an email, which I have recently been so horrible at answering emails because I've just been wanting to make stuff all the time. And I'm sorry, my management, you guys have been so good at dealing with me recently because I know there's so much stuff going on. <laughs> but I'll work on music for as long as I possibly can. I'll go work out, come back, have a protein shake, and keep working on music until I get pulled away to go eat dinner, eat dinner, shower, and work on music or chill for the rest of the day. Like that is my that is my thing. It's like wake up, do the things that are going to make your existence good and like do them like good. You know, mm-hmm. like like I'm going to make coffee, but I'm going to make like I'm going to do it really great. And I'm going to focus on like the whole thing. Like I'm not going to be like serving Instagram while I'm pouring my coffee. Right. Like don't do that. And like, then it becomes like, why are you doing it? Are you doing it so that everyone can see you do it? Or are you doing it because it really brings you joy? But yeah, I mean like for real, it's not, a, it's just about like your own. This is your, like, again, this is your life you're living now. Mm-hmm. Okay. You're living your life now. It's not about living it for tomorrow. It's not about living in the, in, from experiences from the past. It's like, I'm doing this right now. And it's just, it's a weird thing for me to explain the uh, emotional feeling I get when I say that. But when, when you're not living your life right now, you're living it at some other time. And then in 10 years from now, you're going to be like, man, I really wish that 10 years ago I was living my life right now. Mm-hmm. Like for real living your life right now. Like look at your skin and your fingernails and your toenails and touch your face and look at your eyes in the mirror and get a perspective of your hair and the way that your shoulders look and everything what you're wearing and be like, hello me right now. This is the moment that I am existing in time and there will never be another moment exactly like this ever again. This is it. Yeah. And then, then do whatever you're going to do, you know, be like, just readjust and like put yourself in the freaking moment and be like, honestly, for real, this is probably the best coffee I've ever had or the worst coffee I've ever had. But at least I'm noticing that this is coffee that I'm having right now. Not I'm sipping something that my brain's not recognizing because I'm now looking at Instagram or Twitter and I'm, I'm not focused on what's going on or I'm having a call with whoever about whatever that doesn't matter. Like live your life, live your life. For that's, real. That's uh, I think what you're describing is, you know, mindfulness and, and being present. And that kind of brings me to talk more about meditation a little deeper as we've mentioned a lot in this whole talk Mm -hmm. um meditation for me has been the game changer and i've said this on other episodes and other people's podcasts but like when we talked about the 180 in my life Mm -hmm. the 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 fire the spark that really started it all was was learning not you know learning but just starting to meditate and getting deep into it and really giving myself the time to learn how to be, you know, how, like the, the philosophy behind mindfulness. Um, and so I know that you're also deep into that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, how, how has meditation impacted your mental health? And then can you tell me a little bit about your specific practice? Um, my, my, my meditation game. Um, okay, so Mike Posner showed me what meditation was all about in, in, in one session in, in Telluride, and it, can, and it was so uncomfortable. <laughs> But it, but we were I was lucky because we were outside at this house in in Telluride, Colorado, and I was with a bunch of strangers. This and was like a writing camp. This, yeah, this was yeah this was a writing 
Yeah, this was a writing session for in production session for his most recent album that just came out. Mm-hmm. And we were like, we were like, he hired, not hired, but he invited and hired a bunch of people to come to this cabin in the middle of, uh, and this is how Amor Fati was born, in the middle of Telluride, Colorado. And we just hung out and like produced and helped write and 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 just hang with Mike at this amazing spot. And in the this was this was 2018, mm-hmm. I think 2018. It's 2019 now. Uh, it was 2018, I think, or 2017. Frick, I think it was 2017 actually. It might have been later in 2017. I think it was like spring or later in 2017 or something like that. And in the in the in the span of that week that or the week ish that we were there, he changed my life. He just like showed me meditation, and and it was like I hated it. I really hated it. And this is like I just want to be able to relate this back to people who have never done it or don't want to do it, you know. But I really hated it because I was like. Uh, I'm not going to sit still for <laughs> 20 minutes was my first session was 20 minutes long. I'm not going to, what am I supposed to do? I mean, I'm, that's challenge for your first time doing 20 minutes off the bat. Yeah. That's, that's like tough. That's like telling anybody to run 10 miles just real oh, quick. Yeah. Go for it. Bro. Yeah. You know, like, and it's that daunting. You're like, that's almost an entire episode of Parks and Rec. Like Leslie Nope is about to go through so many things in 20 minutes. I could play the entire episode of my mind right now. Like, man, that's so, that's, I was like, I was like, He's like, okay, cool. Set a timer for 20 minutes. I'm sitting there like on this deck with a bunch of strangers. We're like, yeah, cool. All right, tight. Like we do this. And I'm like, I'm like, so that's so much time. And it, it sounds so dumb to me or like not dumb, but it just sounds so ignorant. You know, that's so silly. Because um, after, after the first session, I like, I like instantly like got it. You know, it's not that it, it doesn't remain to be difficult at times. Was um, there a breakthrough there? Like, did you, f- like the, you know, getting over that hump of, of you know, being not still? Like, okay, okay, so they call it Satori. And uh-huh. Satori is, 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 a, is a flash or a moment of enlightenment. Mm-hmm. Okay, I love Satori. This is, a, this is like, this happens to me all the time. And it's, it's not a, this is not enlightenment as I've figured out the universe. This is enlightenment as I've invited a, a moment of stillness into my life. Mm-hmm. That is enlightenment, right? And it's, you've been able to exist within like an infinity of stillness in a moment. And I get flashes of that and it's like really beautiful. And it's like probably one of the greatest highs that mm-hmm. I've ever experienced is feeling naturally 100% at peace and okay everything yeah i'm just like here yeah ah it's like it's a it it is an irreplaceable feeling and you got that in your first meditation for like like a second you know but it was just enough to taste it was a long enough it was a long enough session where i was able to just kind of like sit with and check in and just kind of check in and check in and sometimes it you know even even to this day i do a five 10 minute meditation. I typically don't go over 10 minutes because I don't, I'm just not the kind of person that, that is going to dedicate longer than 10 minutes to a meditation session right now in life. Mm-hmm. I like living a fast paced life. I'm not going to be on social media all the time, like going like raging through likes and pictures and stuff, but I love doing stuff. I'm a very busy person. I like being busy. It helps calm my mind down. I like that. That's, that's my shit. But I mean, science even says like one minute of meditation a day just taking that one minute science 
has proven that it's beneficial for your brain, for your mood, for your emotions. Thank you, science. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But for real, it's like, uh, like, like we did the meditation at Grismas, and I and I told a bunch of people this, and I, I really hold on to this belief is that all day you fill your head with garbage, you know, yeah. and junk and junk and junk, and it's like it's like the quick nap kind of a thing. It's like, oh, hey, cool. Like if you can take a quick nap, it's just it, like it's so like refreshing mentally. Yeah. And this is the same idea, right, is, is that you're filling your brain with, and even looking at something is visual stimulus. So it's stimulus, 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 stimulus. And with every stimulus, there is space and then a response, you know, and, and that space between the stimulus and response is what makes us human. That's called choice. Mm-hmm. So you're making choices all the time throughout your day. And what is it? There's like some like, I don't know, tens of thousands of hundreds of thousands of choices you make in a day. Okay, I choose to grab that. I choose to sip that. I choose to look at that. I choose to swipe that. I choose to look at, you know, whatever. And it just keeps going and compounding. And when you introduce a sense of meditation, when you close your eyes, you take away a major stimulus. And then you focus on just a few stimulus. Yeah. You know, smells, sounds, and touch. Feelings. And taste. And, and physical feel. So you take out like one of the major stimulus and then you then you kind of like, there's many forms of meditation, but you, you, you kind of start trying, like, like getting to this space where you are, you are um, in, in a way kind of like neglecting all of your sensory input and fo- putting your focus on, and then for me, what I, what I would prefer for myself is to focus my attention on my breath. Mm-hmm. So I have, I have a singular focus. Mm-hmm instead of focusing on so many different kinds of very exciting stimulus. And that is a way for my brain to be able, it's like a muscle to be able to relax from doing like a, like a bicep curl right? from relax from, from doing the work and just chill out and, and, and let my mind do whatever it needs to do. If, if my mind is needing to think about something, okay, cool, let it go. Thinking about something, let it go. Thinking about something, let it go. And that's all right. And um, it, is, it, it is a space where I can, it is a space where I can create space for my brain. And that, that was, that's the whole thing is that there's all this stimulus all day long. And if I, can, if I can hold a moment where I can create space in my own brain so that it can then be filled up I can empty my cup so that I can then be filled up again with other stuff. You'd be surprised at how, at, at how much more patience and, and, and space you have for the experiences around you. Yeah, it creates a understanding. And I think what you touched on about choices and having thousands of choices that we face every day, that's you know a really great advantage to have is being mindful when you're making decisions. Mm-hmm. But for me, another thing that goes into it is the... the um, the actions that we make that are separate from choices, mm-hmm. like moving our arms or, or breathing. Oh yeah, you know, yeah, sure. like like uh, when you can become super conscious of of what's going on in your body and your mind. Um, aside from choices, you know, that's like to me when I feel most present, when I feel most mindful. It's like when I'm acknowledging that. Yeah, yeah, that's that was like that was that thing. It was like it was like note every single time you stand up today. Yeah, yeah, that was one of the first lessons in the Headspace app mm. that really like uh, stuck with me. Yeah. And it's gone so far into like on retreat when I'm studying with like Joseph Goldstein, and he's talking about um, you know like the movement of the arm, 
and and right now behind the microphone i'm moving my arm and i'm i'm you know showing it like a x yeah and so we do that you know even more than thousands of times a day you know it's like it's 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 a movement mm-hmm. if we can be conscious of that that's like really so it, deep. it brings it brings you into the moment yeah. the current moment you know anything anything that you're conscious of that you're doing it really brings you into the now instead of obsessing about like the the Inchangeable future and the inchangeable past. You, you, there's, there's nothing in the future that you can calculate that you can absolutely know. Yeah, and there's nothing in the past that that you can control or change. And the perspective that you get um, creates, for me at least, and I think a lot of people who are learning this, it creates a d- detachment. Um, you realize how many things we do in the day that are unmindful. Um, like, mm-hmm. like you know, we breathe constantly 24 mm-hmm. hours a day whether we're sleeping whether we're not if we didn't we'd suffocate and we'd die yeah thank god for unconscious breathing yeah like, we don't make the choice out. to breathe shouts out yeah but when we think about it that that's you know it's it's our body mm-hmm. and, and our body is just a vehicle right I mean, that's dude this gets into very trippy territory yeah yeah quick. but it's trippy but it's also it, it doesn't have to be so deep and it doesn't have to be so you know, okay so what's the what's dippy? the surface what's the surface then the non-hippy dippy surface the surface is is everything that we're experience experiencing is is now mm-hmm. and is not forever, mm-hmm. and it, it's gonna be gone one day. Yeah, and so so the, so what? The less that we can hold on to that, the less we can be attached to it. Okay, the less misery we're gonna have when it eventually goes away. Oh, and so like, there's no doubt that as Reels. we get older, our bodies are gonna feel worse. Um, and we can prevent that nah, by man, exercising. No, nah, man, I'm going to live forever, dude. I hope so. <laughs> no, I really hope so. Oh, um, uh, man, I'm, no, I'm not. I mean, yeah, I'm, I, I'm about to turn 29. <laughs> I know. I, I say the same thing. I'm about to turn, I'm like, yeah. you so young. Oh, uh, man, I'm about to turn 20, 29 yeah. this year. And, uh, and yeah, man, and they, like, like age is, is definitely like a part of the routine at this point to... Um, kind of like I, I i don't feel as invincible as i used to mm-hmm. right and, and i'm starting to realize my own mortalities but it's popping up and but that's okay yeah and, it's not and, morbid it's realistic and it, and it really just encourages me to take better care of my mental health and my physical health and to celebrate these moments every moment as much as i possibly can this is a beautiful beautiful life that we are offered and it would be a shame for me and it's okay at certain times to be ambivalent of all this stuff but for real like in the moments of good to realize and be so present in the moment to realize how goddamn good it really is if i'm smiling what a joy what a treat mm-hmm. to be able to share that moment with somebody else or hold it with myself wow. and also if you're crying and if you're hurt oh, i mean it's beautiful to be able to share that with somebody else too well it was um Okay, so I was feeling heartbroken, and I was talking with Joshua. Uh-huh. He goes by uh, Space Jesus. Yeah. I was in Boulder, Colorado, and I ran into him randomly. We, like, bumped into each other. I was like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe you live here. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, like, I'm, like, I'm like, how do we both not know we live here? <laughs> okay, great. So Josh is in, in Boulder, Colorado, and... I was upset and I was like, he's like, how you doing? I was like, you know what, Josh, I can't lie. I feel like crap. Yeah. Not doing well. He's like, yeah, you're okay. I'm like, physical health is fine, but 
I feel really heartbroken. And he's like, oh man, that's too bad. You know what? I'm feeling heartbroken too. And I was like, man, that's too bad. And he was like, you know what's great? And I was like, what's that? He's like, I've got a really great piece of advice for you. And I was like, wow, how coincidental <laughs> that you might have said that to me in this moment. Okay, what is it? Spill the beans. And he was like, check it out. I was sad. And this older dude comes up to me and was like, why are you sad? He was like, because I'm heartbroken. And the older dude told him, well, aren't you just so lucky? Mm. And Joshua was like, Hold up, man. I'm a little confused. Why am I lucky to be heartbroken? And he's like, you're lucky to have loved at all and feel that much. Yeah. And I was like, damn, Joshua, that's deep. That it makes me feel a lot better. <laughs> See you later, bro. And that's it. Yeah, I mean, it's good to feel, you know, just knowing that, I mean, the opposite of that would be being numb and not being, you know, responsive to actions that are, you know, gonna make you feel bad. Yeah, you know, I mean, it makes me feel alive and I'm not gonna go around craving and chasing that feeling. However, I can't sit with that feeling and feel sorry for my existence. Mm -hmm. I'm reminded of, of being human. That is a great reminder. Mm -hmm. Beautiful things can come out of that and something greater will come out of that eventually. But everything that is good and worth it in life is going to take time. Mm -hmm. Do you think meditation has played a role um, in your ego, uh, you know, and, and addressing some of the things that you've talked about with, uh, you know, trying to separate your ego from your career? And mm. um, has meditation played a part? And, and quelling. And if it hasn't, just how do you deal with your ego? On, you know, be, being such a public figure, you know, that it has to be something that, you know, you address. And that you have talked about it already in this podcast, but it's like. Listen, um, I was talking with us. Not, not listen. Okay. I was talking with my friend Sonia in Thailand about this. And she was like, you have so much confidence in the thing that you do. Yeah. Like, what's the deal with that? And it's not really my idea. I like I heard it. I forgot from where. And it was something along the lines of 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 like I'm the shit, and I'm just not going to let anybody tell me otherwise because I can just hold that belief about myself. Like I am super dope, and I can say that and say that the things that I do are awesome, and my shit is dope without without being an asshole about it. Right. What is that though? Is that like an intention? That's just me saying that and just being, just feeling that, like feeling myself and being like, yo, I'm fucking dope, okay? Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Like, yo, if you were not feeling whatever dope shit I'm doing, I fuck you then. But like, but like, not like, I hope you have bad things happen to you and that, that you're, that you're, you know, you're, your zipper gets caught in your your fucking crotch and and you know you <laughs> have bad luck and you know whatever you know like i'm not trying to wish ill upon people but i'm like mm -hmm. you know what i'm dope because i try and i do my stuff and i feel myself and, and if you're not if you're not subscribing to this shit all right fuck off like if you're saying some hateful shit fuck off like i can't i can't even i don't even have time for that 
you know, I'm just dope in my, in, in my life and in my skin and in myself. And if I can tell myself that more often, man, I will like really be feeling it. And that is like, you know, kind of create, co-creates and is created from self-confidence. And, and I was like, Sony is just like, you, you just got to hold on to that. Mm-hmm. You are dope. Sometimes you got to have other people tell it to you because that's like helping to like the validity of the whole thing. Mm-hmm. But like that is like this, that is like the potent thing. Like, yo, I'm dope. Right. You are dope. And that's like I said at the top of the pot. It's like, it's like, I firmly believe that you are cool because you're listening to this and, and, and you've gotten here and you're either following Harrison or myself or something that, that directed you here. So like all those channels, I'm sure are dope. So congratulations. Like you are a dope person and just like, Really believe that, and that that will help so much. Then you won't always be able to get there, and, and you'll have you'll struggle with that. And I still struggle with that too sometimes. But I'm like, that is where ego serves me well. Is that I can say, yo, hey, I'm dope. This is awesome, mm-hmm. and whatever to all the negativity of all that stuff. Sometimes my ego can trick me into believing that I'm right all the time. Mm. It's definitely a downfall of mine is to be a better leader, and to be a better leader is to be able to know when you're wrong and to be able to listen. And, and having good listening skills is, is definitely like a, uh, a, uh, a skill and, and it takes practice. But um, uh, I, I try not to believe that I'm the end all be all. Mm-hmm. Like I firmly don't believe that I'm the best at what I do. And the best thing to check your ego is to understand that life is not life, is not a competition. And that you don't need to be better than anybody else. You can believe that you are dope. Right. But this is not a competition not a to be living the best life of everybody else. Yeah. And like that's why I like that like that like Cardi B song like I'm living my best life. Now like right. I'm living the best life. You know, this is not the thing. The thing is like I'm living my best life. I'm doing the best I can. I'm dope because I'm doing all these things for myself. Not I'm dope because I'm doing them everything better than you. It's not a van. It is it is a than me, you know, like I'm, I'm doing the best for myself as possible. My ego will serve me well to be able to live my dopest self. And if you're not vibing that, then leave me the fuck alone. It's like the only prerequisite for being dope is being alive. Okay, sure. Yeah. You know? you, if you are alive and kicking and doing you, then you are dope. And right. I really believe that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, you know, that can be a, a true breakdown of the ego, you yeah. know, because you recognize that we're all just kind of alive yeah and as long as you're not being a fucking hater yeah. racist motherfucker yeah save that for everyone save that leave that at home do you think that works both ways though and i'm just playing devil's advocate because i think we share the same sentiments on issues in the world um but you know what about the person who's on the other side of that who just feels that they're right you know as being racist or like homophobic whatever. or whatever, you know, like anti-Semitic. Yeah, if it's even not so crazy as that, if, if it's just something you don't agree with, you know, like how... how well, there's a line. There's right. definitely a line. Right. Something that I don't agree with, like, hey, if you believe in like Trump's policies, yeah, I can still jive with you because right. you are believing in what you believe in. Right. If you hate gay people because they are by nature gay... I don't fuck with you at right. all. Yeah. Change your shit up and then maybe we can talk, but I can't fuck with that at all. I just can't. If you don't like black people because they are just black skinned human beings, I do not fuck with you in the very least. That is just wrong. That's wrong. Right. You are wrong. Right. I'm sorry, but I'm not. You're fucking wrong. Yeah. Um, we can disagree on the things we believe in, 
you don't have to believe that a housing market should run this way or that taxes should be this way. You don't have to believe that this is the best producer in the world or that Kendrick Lamar is the goat. Right. If you don't believe that, I think it would be a fun discussion to show down cards and, and to talk about that. Totally. You know? And I have been oftentimes proven, been proven wrong because I don't do my homework on this all the time and I just like what I'm vibing. And if you were like can change my ideas about things, cool. But you're a student of life. <laughs> I'm a, yeah, man. Yeah. And that was like the Einstein quote. As soon as I stop learning, I start dying. Yeah. That's great. Do you, do you, do you journal? What other like habits do you think feed into this balanced mind, mind state? Um, I don't journal. I, uh, I've definitely done that in the past. Um, it's too much. Like I, I haven't been able to like put it into my, my like my ritual. Mm-hmm. Um, I make sure that like, I talk to my parents and like my family. I make sure like I check in with my family. It's something that like that like will surely make me feel off balance is if I don't check in with my support system. Mm-hmm. Um, there is the most recent episode of The Shop with LeBron James, and what he has said was he was like, "What what sets me apart between myself and my friends that had gotten shot and had died." Um, and had had uh, had not the same outcome as him and the other five of his friends from when he grew up, because the other five of them are doing pretty well, and he said is that all of them had a good support system, mm-hmm. good friends, a good family, and people they could rely on. So, an an easy way for me to feel out of balance is when I'm not in good communication with the people that matter most to me. Right. Well, so let's back it up now. Um, get, you know, I definitely, I, I warned you it wasn't going to be linear. That's all right. Um, so in your childhood and early adult life, uh, you know, how, how did having, how did your family shape what you went through? Um, and what were some opportunities that you had that, that really played a part in where you're at now? Um, so when I was growing up, I had like a really, really awesome normal upbringing. My parents were married. They loved each other very much. There wasn't a problem. We lived in a upper middle class family. And I was like, everything's great. But I didn't even have to think about it because life was awesome. When I was 11, my parents split up. And I then, uh, you know, leading up to that, uh, my dad was like a very verbally and emotionally and physically abusive alcoholic. And my parents split. And my mom... In him, like everything like crumbled like so fast. Mm. And um, it went from like the childhood videos that that uh, my dad sent me, like my brother and I uh, a few months ago. Um, it went from like that to like very ugly things like really quick. Mm. And it was really traumatizing to be around and create a lot of like distrust issues. And it created a space for me that I, I became very emotionally independent very quickly. Mm-hmm. And that, I think, bred a lot of my drive was that I was in this environment that I felt like I had to take care of myself and and to be able to achieve the things that I needed, especially like attention. As I had a fight for attention from my mom and from my, from my family, because they're dealing with so much and, 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 and achieve 
crazy things in school and, and through extracurriculars and be like, hey, I'm doing all these all these things. And everybody was like competing in our family for it like- It took a spectacle to be acknowledged. Yeah. yeah. And and so I was like, I was like, hey, I'm doing all this stuff. Check me out. Right. And, and kind of put instilled this like, this like I need to be seen, invisible kind of thing. Um, so that it wasn't just like passed off. Um, and everybody was like super competitive and like doing the best, you know, mm-hmm. we're doing the best over here. And like, yeah, like internally, I'm like, I'm struggling so much with life in so many different ways. And I can't even share this stuff. And I don't even know what's going on in my brain. I'm like, I just need to, if I can just achieve, then it'll, 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 it'll create enough white noise so that it'll numb out the pain of everything else. If I get the A pluses in, in shit, man, like I will, I will not feel the rest of this pain. I'll just bury myself in work. Right. I think about it. I won't have to hear yelling and screaming in the house while I can just work and study and I'll be fine. Hmm. And it stuck with me. And I realized that sometimes it's a very unhealthy way to like handle life. Mm-hmm. So I can't just numb the external pain with, with work. You know, and that's, that's my crutch sometimes. Like I was saying, like work is a crutch for me and like my best of friends um, were able to have fun and be with each other outside of like me needing to be grizz or like focusing on work. Like we can, we can go on a vacation. We can, we can, we can go to Costa Rica and chill and go swim in a pool and do meditation and do yoga together. Right. You know? And we were there for a festival, but it didn't feel like we were, you know, so I'm saying, like- cause you're like, you're like, like you were able to like bring me out of that. And like mm-hmm. Dan's able to bring me out of that. And like right. Jared's able to bring me, you know what I'm saying? Like I have an amazing support system and Taylor to like, to like talk about me just being me, what are you doing and what's up with your with with your life? And and that is so important. And you know, as as a kid, I craved that so much. And when as I grow as I'm growing up and as I grew up, I realized that I was able to find that easily within the household. I just had to communicate. Mm-hmm. I had to communicate that with my mom. And she was always thinking about me that way. I just thought differently. Yeah. And same with my brother. Like he was always thinking of me that way. I just thought differently. I thought that I had to prove myself. And they're like, yo, you'd never, never in a second. And and like with other people outside of your family, did you feel maybe alone and ashamed of or like embarrassed of what you're going through? Because I know I, I had a similar thing going on when I was growing up where my That's parents right. were divorced and, you know, just going through a ton of different things in the, in the family where you, you start to feel like you're alone or you're the only one going through it. And for me, it was like, it was a sense of embarrassment. Like I didn't want to ever show anyone how broken my life could be. Mm -hmm. And then there was a point where one of my best friends who, you know, an old friend, I'm not going to mention the name, but like, you know, he came, someone who I would look on the outside and be like, oh, this, this guy's family dynamic is so nuclear. They got it all. Yeah. Yeah. And then it comes out that his whole family dynamic was, was jeopardized by the same thing that our family dynamics were jeopardized by. And he's going through the same thing that we're going through. And here I am thinking, wow, if only I could have a life like his. Right. And then that made me feel and it sucks that I felt this way, but it made me feel so good to know that there was someone else going through that. It's a, it's a, it's a relief to be able to share the 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 feeling of being vulnerable. Mm-hmm. That that you know, and and uh, you know, Jossie was talking about this at Kulabunga was um, dealing with emotional trauma mm. 
and and being able to share in the fact that nobody's perfect and that we all hold an, an, in, in some ordinate amount of emotional trauma in life mm-hmm. and kind of really circling back to the, the top of the conversation and, and how if we could all understand that we are more alike than we are different, that we can share and hold empathy for each other because we can recognize that we hold emotional trauma, that we can talk about being different and feel emotionally safe after an argument, that would heal so much. That would heal so much. And in my family, I have been able to reconcile those things. And my brother and I very, very quickly in high school were able to come to terms with it, my mom and myself. And I was able to build out and cultivate and be a part of, luckily enough, through college, a group of friends that is a extension of my family, a group of friends that accept me no matter what, a group of friends that are, are I recognize and, and respect and honor the light and the emotional trauma within them because mm. I know they do the same for me. Speaking as one of your friends, I can vouch that we would do the same for you. Yeah, man. And ah, I, I think that's so a mutual. great full circle there um, for this podcast. And I just kind of have a couple other questions. How does the Disney movie Fantasia play in the Grizz project I think that's the whole inspiration for the fact that I have like any musical like ear at all Mm -hmm. Um, nobody in my family is really musical besides like my great uncle on my mom's side like could play any instrument there's he's like honestly the story of this man like in our in our family is like he it's he's like some like a myth yeah 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 Yeah, he's like a myth and you probably hear it all the time from all your relatives oh yeah uncle frankel like he's always the man with like the thing he did the thing he had many lovers well maybe maybe uncle frankel is sorcerer mickey (laughs) yeah yeah right in my in my world but um my mom would park me in front of a vhs tape of fantasia whenever she'd run errands when i was young which was very often she was busy lady trying to get the household on lock and doing her thing Thank you, mom. Shouts, mom, always. Your mom once told me that she irons her sheets. Yo, I thought that was a normal thing. I love that Isn't about that your mom. <laughs> He's going, no. <laughs> I thought that was a normal thing. How, dude, that is that is some that is some real house care-ish right But just there, an man. anecdote wow. for, for your mom is that she irons her sheets. For I real. I love that. For real, man. Like, yo, like, good living on lock. So... So yeah, she was she was she was, did it right, you know, and um, so she parked me in front of Fantasia so often that we she burnt out the VHS tape because she watched it and rewound it so many times. Wow! And she bought me a new one, and that was that's like the age old story for Fantasia for me is like that is like the most um, maybe like uh, if you have you have the um, nature versus nurture. I forgot who did that one as as far as psychologists go, but uh, the nurture side of my musical experience so we're about three weeks or so away from ride waves releasing and i'm as a fan very excited that's right i've heard it a couple times and i gotta say everyone's in for a gosh darn treat yeah and i'm really excited can you tell me if you share the same excitement on ride waves i really do man i really 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 do um there is a there's so much about this album that has like saved my life, my emotional life in one way or another. And there's just like, it's like my favorite album to dance to. It's my favorite album to cry to. It's my favorite album to like 
to like share a musical experience with like to play along to yeah it's so groovy and there's like cool electronic bass moments and there's like amazing gospel moments and there's great sing-along moments and great guitar moments awesome production moments so for me, it really hits all bases. Yeah. There's the old school sound. There's the future new school thing. There's a the songwriting song that you're probably going to hate because you only like <laughs> dubstep. There's the dubstep part that you're probably going to hate because you only like song written songs. You know, like yeah. there's, there's plenty of things to love and hate about the album. And I cannot wait for like everybody to, to consume it in its entirety because it's is quite the project, man. It was like, it was, it was so much to put together. And like, just by finishing it, like, hands shaking just being like it's done the masters are done like everything's papered it's like cool and i'm like i'm like i'm in disbelief that it's finished yeah. you know like how much like compression and hard work and like emotion went into the creation of this thing i'm like i still don't believe you until april 5th it actually comes around people have this thing in full yeah and the first person listens to it from start to finish and it gets and it's post it up on uh, spotify and all that like i'll be like all right cool it's done you know but for now i'm still like i'm still like knees weak arms are heavy i'm like i'm like okay cool like they're about to get hit with the mom spaghetti let's see if shout out eminem shouts m when I, we're I can't wait to touch the vinyl of ride waves you know so i have test pressings and i listen uh, to it all the way through and it's so that's good. amazing <laughs> there's this there's this side there's dude this side that opens up with um with caught up with dancing and i like that's like i was like once i hit that side i was like Oh shit! I yes. think it's I think it's I think it's disc two. I think it's side C. I'm really like that's like a really fun moment, very different kind of Grizz vibe. That's super like party up, like heck yeah, happy. And, and then like shortly after that, you pack up your stuff and you take ride waves on tour, and you're going yeah. on this extensive tour that you know takes you all over the country. Yeah, man, that's gonna be a great tour. I mean, I, so the tour is like East Coast. So I think we're like we're like we're like East Coast heavy, heavy. Little um, Midwest, East Coast, Little Midwest. That's right. That's right. Um, and uh, and 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 then we'll see. Um, we'll see where it goes from there. We got like a heavy festival season, and then post festival season, we'll be we'll be probably doing some more touring in the states or doing some European touring. We know everything, and you guys will find out when you need to. Sweet. Um, yeah, kind of a thing. And uh, and man, it's, it's like it's it's weird to feel like it's all happening so soon and feel so far away because i've like really enjoyed my time off but honestly it is time to get after the, the just get after it yeah like man. i'm feeling i'm feeling gassed up i'm feeling energized i'm ready i think your fans are too they're so ready new adventures man new show new production it's about to be so crazy we've been like designing it redesigning it redesigning it and i'm really excited for the next chapter of what you guys are going to see in the performances you're going to get and if you're at christmas you just got a small taste of the future i'm so stoked yes and so aside from ride waves the album and the tour what else can we expect from grizz in the coming months or years or i have like i have so much music i'm compiling and i'm like constantly working on stuff and i know i feel like a lot of people do say that and I'm always like I'm I'm always excited to 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 see the future of 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 artists that that kind of like hold on to that they're like they're like all right cool I just finished an album what are you doing it's like I have been making so much music and it's like yeah oh sick all right cool so you have this album you still got more shit it's like that's amazing mm. and I'm like I I feel like I'm in that mode where I'm like I can 
thoroughly have an entire week to myself and I'll probably just make music because I feel so gassed up and ready to, to continue to make music. And like I was in just in Thailand for 10 days and made five songs. Yeah. You know, I was on vacation, chilling, like just working on music. It was awesome. That's all I want to do. And I'm so ready to, to, to continue this dialogue with people and just like crank it out and continue exploring the, the, the dynamism of being a musical human being and expressing that with people and sharing it. I love that, man. Yeah. Is there anything else that you wanted to leave our listeners with? Um, if you ever see Harrison Diskin in Detroit, give him a hug. Please. I love hugs and I'd love to meet new people. Yeah, that's so. it. That's it. Awesome. Hey, thanks so much for making this happen. And shouts uh, out. Shouts out to Harrison Diskin right now, man. This, this dude is on fire, like conquering the world. It's amazing to see. Thank you so much. I'm flattered. Well, you are too. Hey, also shouts out Detroit, man. Shouts out Detroit, man. For real. It's a beautiful city. Uh, Come see it. Yeah. All right. Well, with that, I'd like to thank you, and uh, that's it. This was Well Being Creative with Harrison Diskin. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks again for tuning in, and thanks to our sponsor, Great Lakes Coffee Roasting Company, for keeping us super caffeinated in the studio here. And just a reminder to our listeners, coffee lovers, you can use code WELLBEING at checkout at greatlakescoffee.com for 10% off your first order of coffee, coffee supplies, and much more. 